It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook where we post all of our episodes. And you could subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, send me a message, leave me a voicemail. You can do that. 920-341-3775. I hope everyone had a happy, a healthy, a restful holiday. Uh, Merry Christmas to all uh, and to all a good night or whatever time of day it is currently wherever you are. Uh, And to those who don't celebrate, I I hope you still went out to dinner. I hope you still did something and, and spent time with family because that is what this holiday has come to has come to mean for a lot of people aside from you know the the obvious or, origins of it and and uh, the religious part of it as well but the the best part of it to me is is being with family and getting opportunity to, to see them and spend time with them so hopefully you got the chance to do that as we look forward here to week 17 and what the packers have on their plates with the Detroit Lions there is nothing at stake except for draft positioning, and we're going to get into that part of this a little bit later in the show. But I just I want to go back to what happened on Sunday, and I and I want to do that for a couple reasons. Number one, I, I think it's important that we still find takeaways, and we still are able to offer you know a closed reading of sorts when it comes to these games and some analysis because there are things that are going to matter and that are going to translate. And when you watched this team on Sunday, down two touchdowns in a game that didn't mean anything, they battled back. And the comments from David Bakhtiari after the game, if Rodgers is out there, I'm going to be out there. That was important culturally to this team because when you lose as many games as they did this year, And when you have the kind of turmoil and tumult that this team went through over the course of this season, is it human to start to doubt yourself? Would it be natural for players on this team to start to wonder, is Aaron Rodgers still as good as we thought he was? Is he still the guy that can single-handedly win you a football game? And you go on the road and you get down early and he brings you back. And despite all of the special teams' mistakes, 
and and the the third stringers, fourth stringers, practice squad guys that are having to play snaps on defense. You give up 38 points on the road and win a game because Aaron Rodgers willed you there. And not just that, you lose Equinemius St. Brown. So you're down at least two preferred starters, Randall Cobb, Geronimo Allison. You lose another one. And yet five guys had 50 yards or more in this game. Jake Kumaro plays a role. Does he have a role in this team moving forward? We saw EQ and Rodgers appear to develop some chemistry. And there were a number of plays that I I went back and watched the game. And and I, I saw it and I thought that wasn't happening two weeks ago, six weeks ago, eight weeks ago. There were plays where receivers were sitting down to to make themselves available for Rodgers in a way that they weren't before. And Rodgers is looking for them, trusting them to get to those places. And it happened a couple times. I watched Marquez Valdez-Scantling do it. He noticed that Jimmy Graham was a little bit late getting out on his route. So there was a cluster of players there. And what did he do? He just sits and makes himself available to the quarterback. There was a play where Rodgers rolled out and he wanted to get the ball to Lance Kendricks early. He wasn't able to do that. He rolls out, Lance Kendricks cuts it upfield and then stops on the sidelines, makes himself available. Rodgers makes an accurate throw and instead of a throwaway, it's a five or a six yard gain. Those are the plays that this team wasn't making early in the season and, and really at all over the course of the season. And those are chemistry plays. We discussed this last week with the lack of players Rodgers is familiar with because we saw a lot of plays that were vintage Rodgers, the scramble, the touchdown, the quarterback sneak, the two-point conversion on the zone read, which was just a stroke of brilliance by Joe Philbin. I, I really think, despite the fact that I was vocally opposed to playing Rodgers and, and still believe that the risk was was too great relative to the reward. But that doesn't mean there is no reward. That doesn't mean that playing in this game and, and giving the kind of effort that he gave and inspired his teammates to give doesn't have value down the road, that it won't pay dividends. It could. Finding out that Jamal Williams can be a driver and engine of your offense if used in the right ways. Finding out that Jimmy Graham, when he is an outlet, can still be a reliable pass catcher. Finding out that Equinemius St. Brown is really talented and really good, almost had a 100-yard day before he was injured. That throw, by the way, where he got hurt, an absolute dime. Into a cover two defense, the corner's playing the flat, the safety's coming over the top. You have to hit it in that sweet spot. There's a There's a small window for that throw. EQ makes the catch, takes the lick, and holds on to the ball. And and the obvious concerns about his health moving forward aside, because that shouldn't be just a, a nothing here. It matters. And he's had a couple of these big moments, big hits. And you want to make sure that this is a guy who's going to be, you know, in the game consistently for you because he he's good. But to sh- to have that kind of faith, to know from Aaron Rodgers' perspective that he's going to catch this and take the shot, that pays dividends down the line. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling on a third and 10 Roger scrambles to his left, steps up, and throws a laser to MVS, who makes a play down the field. 
the receivers, for the most part, made plays for their quarterback in this game. Now, Rodgers wasn't perfect, but he's still the only player in league history with 400 yards and, and two rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns. He's done it twice now. For the record, I was at both of those games. This was not, I said, not quite a vintage Rodgers performance, but it was close. And, and what that does is it buoys your offense going into the offseason. Remember last year and how dismal the offense looked at the end of the season with Brett Hundley and, and Jordy Nelson's get shut down and Randall Cobb can't get open and Trevor Davis doesn't look like an NFL receiver and, all of a, and Michael Clark is having to be your number one receiver in these games. Think about the difference now. Going to Detroit last year and getting your doors blown off. And the optics of that going into the offseason, a season of of disappointment, of disarray, you fire your defensive coordinator, you change general managers, and when you couple all those things together, it becomes this avalanche of turmoil. And and that is not something that, that Packer fans are used to seeing. It's not something that the team is used to dealing with. And so from that perspective, what you're having to deal with is this this upheaval and mixed with the optics of the last two games especially you lose to division rivals and in, in, in embarrassing fashion that creates a, a level of uneasiness within an organization going into an offseason if the packers get this win come back to beat the jets and then play well against detroit they can be assured that when this team puts its mind to it and they're put in a position to succeed they still have at the very least on offense, some quality players that can get them where they want to go. And that's the important part of this for Green Bay. So while I'll, I'll again echo what I've been saying all week for the last week plus, that I don't think the reward is worth the risk when it comes to playing Aaron Rodgers. It is the case that there are still positives that you can take away from these games. And there's still things that can translate into your offseason that can build some momentum for you as you look at what this team needs. And it gives you your best opportunity because you're, you're playing a game that you're trying to win with players who you think can help you win. It is a better evaluation tool. It is better to know that MVS can and can't do certain things with Rodgers on the field or Jake Kumaro than it is with Deshaun Kaiser because Aaron Rodgers is going to be the guy next year, assuming he can stay healthy. And so that that makes this game useful from that perspective. And it is also important. And and if you watched any of the, the post-game shows or any of the debate shows or, or anything since the game, or you listen to the, the former players on talk radio, whatever it is, All of the players have said some form of, and I'm talking about the players on the team, but also the former players. That's the important part here. The analysis from the former players have talked about the importance of these moments. You learn how to win together, just like you learn how to lose together. And what you don't want to do is build those losing habits. You want to build winning habits. And the Packers haven't done enough of that this season. They have found ways to lose games rather than to win games. So to come out in a game that means nothing, to go down two touchdowns and come back to fight back and make enough plays to win the game. They had to win the game twice 
because the, the Rodgers run that would have won them the game got called back on the next play. He throws the dart to Devontae Adams on the post-touchdown game piece. It's over Merry Christmas. Those moments matter to your team. So when Rodgers talks about a galvanizing moment, had they beat, let's say, the Seahawks like that, that would have had a different kind of outcome and it would have had a different kind of driving force on this team. But it can still matter moving forward into the offseason. You can build some momentum, even though they're not going to play after this week. They're not going to play a game for nine months. That doesn't mean there's not momentum that can be built. And again, the evaluation tool part of this can't be undersold here because Tyler Lancaster looks like he's forcing his way onto this team in 2019. Tony Brown is going to have a role on this team next year. Montrevious Adams should be a rotational defensive lineman next year. And, and maybe Lancaster and Adams have played well enough for the team to say, we don't need to re-sign someone like Muhammad Wilkerson. I think for the price, it would make sense given the upside there. But those are conversations that can be had down the line. Right now, what we're seeing from those players is they look like legitimate dudes. Tony Brown is, is a legitimate player. Bashad Breland should have a role on this team moving forward. I think Josh Jones has shown enough that he can be that hybrid overhang defender for this team. I don't think this team needs another inside linebacker. They need another safety so that they can move Josh Jones to the linebacker position where he rightfully should be. And if you can have formations personnel-wise where you have Blake Martinez, Oren Burks, and Josh Jones all on the field at once, that gives you an awful lot of versatility and an awful lot of potential speed and playmaking ability. You don't want Josh Jones having to play deep safety. That's not what he's good at. But if you can put him in these positions to succeed, then you have an opportunity to see if he can actually succeed there. That's why these games continue to matter from that standpoint. They still have value, even though they don't mean anything. They can still matter for this team moving forward. And so it looks like everyone's going to play this week. I don't agree with that decision, but I also at the same time understand and respect the premise that they can still give themselves an opportunity to feel much better about this team moving forward. And you have to trust your quarterback. You have to trust Aaron Rodgers. And you see him out defending Brian Bulaga against Leonard Williams, an ultra-athletic 6'4", 300-pound dude who's swinging on your guy. And, and Rodgers is out there getting in his face. That is a leadership. That has value. That means something. Is it a risk to have him out there? Is in a division game against a team, you know, that, that has a history of, of some shadiness? Now, Dominican Sue doesn't play there anymore. But is that a risk? Yeah. And, and do I think the reward is worth it? No. But go out there and play him a quarter, two quarters, maybe? I, I, maybe I can see the value of doing something like that. Because there is still things that can be gained from playing and, and they should not be worrying about the draft pick.
Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power-packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store. And speaking of the draft pick, uh, I know that that fans are, some of them are annoyed that Green Bay is out there trying to win games. I think, frankly, the Jets fans are the ones that should be a little bit more annoyed because this is a team that doesn't have a lot of talent on it, that is building a young core. And to go out there and try and win, uh, I mean, obviously, it's, it is not up to the, the, the players. The players are going to go try and win. The coaches are going to go try and win. But as a franchise, I don't know why you don't say, hey, look, we're... Um, we're not gonna. We're not gonna give effort here. We're 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 gonna run vanilla stuff, and we're just not gonna try and win. And maybe they did that, and that would be embarrassing for the Packers. But maybe they did that. The players are always gonna want to play to win, and and that's why the player the Packers are out there. They want to play to win. The Jets played to win. They coached to win. They shouldn't have, but they did. They're a different team than the Packers. The Packers are a team that, as Mike McCarthy would say, doesn't hang division title banners, and so. Worrying about the draft pick is worrying about the wrong thing. They should want the players on this team who are good to be playing better. And that's why this is, they're, they're again, and we didn't mention it earlier, but having Rodgers give himself a little bit of confidence to be fired up, to be flashing the belt, having that guy back and refocused and engaged on your team is so vital to this team moving forward. But in terms of the draft pick, right now they're looking at 14. So right in the range where they picked last year. And they can get only as high as 10. There's just already too many teams with losses that Green Bay can't catch, even if they lose to Detroit. And they can't go any lower than 17. So they're going to be most likely in the teens. 
and could get into that top 10 range. That means there are go- there's going to be blue or maybe red chip prospects available there. They could be looking at the best offensive lineman still available on the board. They could be looking at the best tight end on the board. They could be looking at, you know, maybe the second or third edge rusher, the second or third cornerback, potentially the top, you know, maybe Ed Oliver falls, the top interior pass rusher in the draft. And maybe the top safety falls. That seems unlikely. There are some there are some high pedigree players in this draft. This is a draft full of pass rushers. And so when I look at what Green Bay wants to do and what they need to do. I have said this before. I think the the only true hole on this roster is at right guard. Now, that could change if Mike Patton is no longer the defensive coordinator. We're not going to know how good the new defensive coordinator is at scheming up pressure. Someone like Vic Fangio doesn't scheme up a lot of pressure because he doesn't blitz a lot. And that's not that's not what makes his defense so good. They do a lot with coverage disguise. And he's always had excellent personnel when they've had really good defenses. It helps to have Kyle Fuller and Khalil Mack and Eddie Jackson or Justin Smith and Alden Smith and Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman in San Francisco. Green Bay needs some more talent on this team. They need an edge rusher with some talent and they need some offensive line help, preferably an interior player. If they can get that, then there are plenty of scenarios in this draft. You look at someone like Ja'Kai Polite, if he's there with that first pick. There's Dalton Risner from Kansas State, center guard type, who can play guard. He can play center in a pinch, could probably even play tackle in a pinch if you needed him to. Some combination of pass rusher offensive lineman in the first round. This is, this is a good draft for that. There are some quality interior players, some quality offensive tackle candidates for conversion to guard, which is what Green Bay loves to do. And although they have often, when they want to draft interior players under Ted Thompson, and I think we can we can look at Brian Gutekunst in some ways from a draft perspective and philosophy perspective as an extension of Ted Thompson, he, in this front office, the plan has always been take a tackle in the mid-rounds and convert them to guard. That is how they have gained guards Previously, Now, they, they used a higher pick on Jason Spitz once upon a time, uh, center guard type, and uh, they have used first-round picks on offensive linemen. Derek Sherrod, offensive tackle. Um, Brian Bulaga, offensive tackle in the first round. I don't think it's out of the question for them to do that. I, I do think the focus for them is going to be on edge rush or pass rush. If they can get an interior pass rusher, hey, that's fine. Pass rush is pass rush. If they had some sort of blue chip defensive lineman next to Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels, you just sort of say, okay, good luck offensive lines blocking this. They, they can figure out what happens on the edge. If you're Kyler Fackrell and you're getting one-on-one blocks every game, you're going to beat those guys often enough. I mean, we've seen it. And you can say whatever you want about Kyler Fackrell, but once a game, he he's in an opportunity to make a play and he makes it. So for Green Bay, the the winning and losing is less important. Right now, it's focusing on getting these picks right because the Saints look like now the favorite, maybe in the whole league. And so that pick is probably going to be 26 through, well, no, it's definitely going to be 26 through 32 and probably high 20s, low 30s. That's going to have value there. 
And even if it is not the, the Packers making that pick, if it is a team coming back up because they want to sneak into the first round to get a quarterback or someone falls, there is value there in having a pick at the end of the first round to get that, you know, obviously Packer fans are not going to like bringing up TJ Watt. Packers had an end of the first round pick. They trade down. They draft Kevin King. They get that extra fourth. They get Vince Beagle. And Kevin King can't stay healthy. Vince Beagle maybe isn't an NFL player. So I understand the, the fear there. But the extra first round pick becomes this, this wild card. Green Bay can use it and package it with a second round pick and move up in the first round, much like Green Bay did when they moved up to get Clay Matthews. You have this extra pick that now becomes ammo for you. And you can say, okay, great. There's this second round pick that's going to be in the low 40s. We've got this 30s pick. We can actually take these two picks and move into, you know, maybe into that 22, 24 range and get, you know, a, a, a blue chipper who's falling. Because it happens every year. The draft gets wonky. Players who shouldn't fall do. And there's teams in the middle of the round, at the end of the first round, who have the opportunity to stop someone's fall. Well, you have that extra pick. Maybe you package that that extra second or that extra first with a second and move up and get one of those guys. Maybe you get an offensive lineman that you love with that first pick and someone like Ja'Kai Polite falls. And there's a lot of edge rushers, like I said, Clellan Farrell, maybe he falls. And you move up now to get that guy. The draft is, is set up right now in a way for the Packers that really uh, is congruent with the needs of this team. It's a draft that Green Bay is going to have to knock out of the park. But when you look at the offseason, the way it's setting up and the candidates out there for head coaches, there are some ideal candidates for them. Josh McDaniels at the top of that list. You look at the free agent pool. There are safeties out there that can make this team immediately better. Earl Thomas, Landon Collins. There are myriad pass rushers in the draft. And with two first-round picks, if you, want to, if you want an impact pass rusher, you got to take them in the first round. Well, Green Bay is going to have two bites at the apple. Hell, take two. Take two and hope one is good. I mean, that is, that is a, a, a great opportunity to double up and say, maybe, maybe there's two guys here. That can make our team better if you're the Packers and you're looking at it that way. That could work. But there's also a group of interior linemen and and offensive tackles that could be converted inside to guard to solidify that guard position as well as some low-priced free agents that could come in and and be the solution at right guard. But I have to tell you, I've liked the way Lucas Patrick has played at right guard. If you're able to get Lane Taylor healthy, was in the top 10 in, in pass rush blocking efficiency, according to ESPN. Brian Bulaga and David Bakhtiari were two of the top three guys in the league in terms of pass protection. Lane Taylor was in the top 10 for guards. I believe he was eighth. So while I know that he hasn't been as good this year as he has in recent years, if he can stay healthy, he's still a good player. Lucas Patrick could be the answer at right guard. I still think they should sign a veteran to give them some some a backup plan at least. But this at least gives them an opportunity now with the way the offseason has set up to solidify the holes on their roster. And with the blue chip talent they already have, Bakhtiari, Clark, Adams, Jones, Rogers, they can go revamp, retool, and come back next year as a legitimate contender once again. This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. 
one-up your brushing with Philips One. This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old-school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long-lasting battery-powered or USB rechargeable one. The comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E. This episode is brought to you by Shell. College football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See fuelrewards.com slash fuel your fandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. We'll be back tomorrow, get through some of your questions, talk a little bit about the stories of the day and and whatever else we need to get through. If you're traveling, I hope you travel safely. I hope you travel efficiently. The the airports are going to be a mess. I'm going to be traveling too, so hopefully everything works out. No storms, no no train delays, no uh, traffic jams, no airport security issues, nothing. I I hope everything works out, and and, uh, I hope you enjoy time with family. This time of year, we'll be back tomorrow and Friday to wrap everything up with the regular season. And then, you know, next week it's going to be coaching already. It's because there's going to be a list of guys that get the ax and there's going to be a bunch of coaches looking for jobs. There's going to be a bunch of teams looking for coaches and the carousel will begin to turn. We'll start to have a better idea of, of who are on the Packers holiday wish list. And a lot more. So we are still going to have so much to talk about in the coming weeks. Remember, once we get into off-season mode, we go down to three times a week. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We'll start our off-season lists with position groups, looking at the evaluations from the season, free agents that could help, draft picks that could help, and move all of this conversation forward as we head into the off-season, a pivotal off-season for the Green Bay Packers, but that means there is still so much for us to get to each and every week. It's why you like this show, because there's still stuff to talk about every day, and that's what we do. We give you that Packers fix, your team, every day and in the offseason three times a week. That's still going to be more than just about any other show. That's why we are the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. Let's add to the list. Let's build out out that resume and, and hit it up in other states as well. That would be awesome. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the show. Subscribe on iTunes. Let's be the number one Packers show on iTunes, Spotify, all of the platforms. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Tell a friend. This is not, you're going to see your friends and family around the holidays. Tell them about this show. I've already gotten texts and messages. Hey, I told all my friends about Locked on Packers. I told my family about Locked on Packers, and they're into it. So let, let's build this community every day and any time you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775. It's week 17, last game of the year. This is it. So stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.